Welcome to episode two of Giants Rewind with Carl Banks. My name is John Schmelkin. You shouldn't be surprised based on the title, but with me is Carl Banks. Hi, Carl. Hello, sir. <laughs> okay, the Giants coming off a 35-14 to loss of the Patriots. And if you didn't watch the game, Carl, and you just look at the score, you might think that this was a very one-sided affair. But this was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. And if the Giants make a couple less mistakes and a few more plays, the result could have been very, very different. Yeah, but, you know, the NFL is a life full of shoulda, couldas. And, um, if it's and butts were candies and nuts, yeah, every day would be Christmas. Christmas exactly. Um, so there are no moral victories. So I was pleased to see the effort on the football field. But I was even more pleased to see that the players were disgusted after the game, knowing that they had an opportunity. And what that tells me, John, is that this team is closer to being a good football team than not. When you have guys that care, guys that knew that they had an opportunity, um, and their effort the last three weeks, um, both sides of the ball, has been really good. So um, you see players stepping up. You see guys making mistakes, but they're making them full speed. And that's when you know you've got a good nucleus. And you had an offense – Let's be honest with, you know, both hands tied behind their back in this game. So if I'm a Giant fan from the seat that I sit, I would say this team is really close to being a good football team. The pieces are starting to come into place, and I'm going to give you some names, and you can tell me what your thought, but Dexter Lawrence consistently pushing the inside of and that pocket. And getting better and better. Mm -hmm. Dalvin Tomlinson in his second year. Um, I thought he flashing. played a great game. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and then we have, I say, welcome back Carter. Lorenzo Carter, who had been gone uh, with an injury, but really hadn't stepped up a lot this year. And, boy, did he come out of a rocket um, – against the Patriots. He had a sack fumble, but he was very active both versus the run and pass. And the interesting thing that there was this, you know, the the um, expert echo chamber was somehow trying to project him as an inside linebacker because he wasn't effective as an outside guy. I'm like, he hasn't even, he hasn't perfected the outside linebacker position. He is an outside linebacker by trade and you could see just how promising he was because everything that some non-linebacking expert wrote about he can't bend the edge, he has no burst uh, and no instincts, he has all the above. you know. And I was glad to see against the best team in football that he really showed up. Alec Ogletree, um, very active, probably his best game as a giant. And then Marcus Golden. Again, in the defensive, I mean, offensive backfield, getting a sack, very active in all phases of the game. So I'm rattling off. And then Jabril Peppers, um, very active. Yeah, he had a mistake. He had a missed tackle. He missed it full speed. Okay. Um, Janoris Jenkins playing well. You're not hearing uh, DeAndre Baker's name, which is a good thing, right? So you see a nucleus coming together that's just not a, a group of, 
you know, slap happy football players. And I think Betcher is figuring out how to use these guys too. And it takes a coach calls, you know, time to figure out what his personnel is good at and how to best use them. And he's consistently now for the last few weeks played a lot more zone than man. Mm -hmm. He's not blitzing a lot. He's letting the guys play coverage. And to me, the big difference between last week and this week, they tackled a lot better against New England, which yep. if you're going to play zone, you have to. They didn't do it against Minnesota. Yep. They were better this week. Not perfect, but better. Mm-hmm. And their situational football was excellent. They were great on fourth down. Yeah. And the Patriots scored on only half of their red zone appearances. You can do, you can be a bend but don't break defense sure. if you do those things well. Sure. And, and you know, the thing about you, you mentioned um, JB. I call him JB, uh, Coach Betcher. Um, he's figuring it out, but his players are figuring it out too. I mean, listen, the first game of the season, the first game and a half of the season, I thought it was all wrong. And I, I knew for a fact that this coach is, is too smart to allow the things that are happening during the course of this game, whether it's his scheme or the players, to continue. And by the way, to his credit, he changed. Yes. Some coaches won't. They'll well, be players did too. Sure. And when you talk to him, he'll tell you it's, it's day by day to be better this week than I was last week. But it's also – you're dealing with young players. You know, how many rookies are on the field? They gotta, they've got to study beyond what is done in the classroom, even the veterans, because it's a new system. So he's adjusted to make it more conducive to what they do, um, and they're playing faster. Um, they're playing anxiety-free football, and you can see it. Like, you know, the Jabril Peppers of the last two weeks – it's not the same guy who started the season. This guy is flying around, uh, very confident. So I like what I'm seeing. And then offensively, you know, for whatever her, um, I would say whatever the warts are, you know, in terms of what a rookie quarterback has to go through, and even some play calling, situational play calling that can come into question, Boy, this coach can scheme some offensive plays now. He's, you know, some against some of the best defenses. He's given his team opportunities. Um, the way he came out in the second half to start the third quarter, all the way down the field, and then they get lulled into an interception. So there are a lot of things that you can look at this team and say, boy, well, if Barkley had this run instead of the third team running back it would be more than eight yards it probably 48 yards so um there's a lot but I think the biggest part of it to me John is that the players genuinely want to win football games when you you basically you go into the fourth quarter against New England Patriots and they're ready to blink you just didn't have enough a lot of teams would go in and say yeah we felt good we took them you know we this team was pissed. They thought they legitimately had a chance to to win that game. And that's what you want. You want that type of team in your locker room. And that's why I say they are closer to being a good team uh, than a lot of people realize. Well, let's jump to the offense. And you brought them up. You mentioned it. Let's start with the quarterback. First pass that he threw for an interception. Threw it behind the guy. Got tipped up in yep. the air. It'll happen to any quarterback. Yep. I want to talk about the next two. Because the second one, he had plenty of time to throw the ball away. And I guess he just holding it, trying to find somebody open to make a play, which is rookies will do. And then on the last one, we watched this back two or three times on tape on on the plane ride back last night, 
And for the folks at home, that final interception, he was trying to hit Red Allison on a, on a seven-rattle little flag route, mm-hmm. and the cornerback dropped back into his zone and undercut it and picked it off. It was actually identical to a play that they had yeah. completed four plays prior where that same corner played man on an underneath shallow sure. in-cut. Ellison's wide open for an 18-yard gain. So they run the same play. Uh, maybe Jones thought he saw the same thing pre-snap, but the coverage post-snap was different. It's an amoeba because what I saw during the course of that after we looked at it on the plane, they can play it three different ways and make it look the same. You can play zone coverage, you can play man coverage, or you can play man off. So you're playing a loose man coverage and it looks like it's a zone. But if you get close enough to the defender, it becomes man. So um, these are things that he's going to have to learn. And look, you can't knock the kid. Um, it's the first time he's ever seen it. You know what I mean? It's not They're not running those complex uh, coverages at Duke in the ACC. So And by the way, he was on a short week. <laughs> yeah, and on a short yeah. week. So all things considered, yeah. He blew that one, right? But he was he was lured into it. So and remember, they say he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Now that's something yeah. we watch for as he moves forward, right? And these are all new experiences for him. So I think he's going to be okay. Um, now the one that you brought up, where he's just holding the ball too long. I mean, it's kind of like, are you waiting on Santa? Because if he ain't open, and if you don't see your guy, you need another tick. For your guy to come free, and it didn't look like that was happening. I was about to say on that play, there wasn't no. There one was no through. one. He's just like I'm waiting for <laughs> yeah, something. I don't know what he was waiting well, for. only thing you're waiting for there is a blindside shot <laughs> or an interception, and that's what happened. You know, because if it ain't there, you and you hear quarterbacks saying, "If I could just buy just enough time," because he was running by his guy. I mean, he had a lot of time, and no one was open. And at that point, you got to get rid of it because nobody's going to be open. The funny thing, Carl, with him, I almost think I'm seeing what he had to do it do to succeed impacting how he's playing in the NFL. And I think in some ways it helps him, in some ways it hurts him. Let me explain what I mean. Okay. So in Duke, Duke's undermanned, right? You mm-hmm. don't have any other bunny on that offense going up against you know Clemson and teams sure. like that. So he has to fit the ball into tight window areas if he wants to complete passes because no one's getting open. These Duke receivers aren't running free on DeAndre right. Baker. It's just not happening, okay? Right. So he has to do that. And I think that's a good thing heading into the NFL because, mm-hmm. you know, in the NFL, the windows are much smaller. Yep. you got a guy like Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield and Dwayne Haskins. They have guys running with no one around them in college. That doesn't happen up here in the NFL. Right. But Not, not consistently no. anyway. So that's a good thing. Now, the bad thing is that he's willing to throw the ball into some really small areas, and that can sometimes turn into interceptions. Well, yeah, and he had – you're absolutely right, and he had a few that he literally threaded the needle on to get in there. And yeah, you got to be—I mean, you got to be good to do that as a quarterback. Um, and sometimes it puts pressure on defenders to be even better. But boy, if your receiver does not is not where he's supposed to be or is not looking for that, that's an interception. So that is a, a risky proposition sometimes, but. When um, quarterback and receiver are on the same page, then that those type, you trust those types of throws. How about Golden Tate? Uh, second game back, made a big impact, made a couple contested catches, which he's good at, made the one big play over the top. And we talked about it during a commercial break during the game. When a team's going to play as much tight, 
cover one man like the Patriots do. I think they played it 60% of the time when I tracked it, and Pro Football Focus had that number. You're going to have to win over the top at some point. Otherwise, they're just going to yeah. beat you up shallow. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you can block it up and you have receivers on your team, you'd be foolish not to take a shot uh, and challenge it a lot. Man coverage, it's part intimidation, right? It's also part knowing that you have a pass rush that's not going to have your guys covering too long, um, late into a down. So if you can block it up and you've got speed on the outside, I don't care who you got. You know, it's rare, and I don't think those guys are in the league right now where they can run with you all day and you can run in circles and they'll follow you. This this league right now, if you can if you can block it up, I guarantee you, if you got athletes on the outside that will compete, you'll get some plays. In that same vein, I thought it was a great learning experience for Darius Slayton, who played against. You know, he played Xavier Rhodes last week, but the Vikings didn't. I don't think press as much as the Patriots right. did this week. And he learned a good lesson where if you catch it up top, guess what? You better hold on to that ball because that hand's coming in there late to knock it out. Yeah, and, and it's well coached. You can tell it was well coached by the defensive coaches there. But, yeah, you got to hold on to that one. And then on that deep pass down the left sideline, he's hand fighting with the corner. Maybe he peeks down at the safety a little bit. Looks like he could have caught the ball. Yeah. And it looks like he got bothered by the physical contact and didn't do as well as he could have trying to complete that catch. Again, a learning experience. It's a great learning experience. He's not um, – this is the first time he's seeing this type of um, defensive competition as well. People don't press in college anymore. When they do, they don't. <laughs> you know. um, so I just think overall there are some real encouraging signs. Obviously, you, you cannot win when you make crucial mistakes. And I thought the O-line protected Jones too well, by the way. I thought they did a pretty good job. The they Patriots did a good job. Look, they were gritty, as the coach said, and um, they just have to keep, keep battling and keep cleaning up their mess. If they expect perfection for themselves, they'll get less and less um, mistakes. So they're playing with the right energy. They're playing with the right attitude, both sides of the ball. Um, they've got to clean up. They care, which is important. And when you start to get your healthy guys back, boy, they look like a different team. So the next step now, obviously it's Arizona in about 10 days from this recording. Mm-hmm. Next Sunday, the Giants have a long week, get some time off. As you mentioned, hopefully he gets some guys back. And Arizona's a different type of animal now. They run four wide. They spread them out. It's that college system with Kingsbury. Uh, David Johnson is a back injury. We'll see if he's able to play mm-hmm. this week, let alone next week. Uh, Kyla Murray can run around. Different type of approach to the game than a team like the Patriots and Vikings have with the Giants playing the last Yeah, I mean, you go four wide right receivers, right? And this is the same that holds true for the, the, the college system. You got four wide right receivers, but you're just scheming one of the guys open. Let's be honest. The four wide receivers are not four all-pro receivers. Of course. Right? So you got to rely on scheme to get them open. So uh, sometimes when your scheme is not as good as the talent you're going against, it's advantage to the talent that you're going against. So um, you just basically have to understand what they want to do and how do you offset that. Obviously, um, with this quarterback, we've seen – on the sampling that we've gotten thus far this season, he struggles going backwards. If he gets out of the pocket and there's someone up the field and he's going backwards, 
He doesn't throw the ball very well. There are a lot of things you can do um, to Murray to to render that four wide receiver thing ineffective. Uh, for instance, you can you can push him to one side of a formation, and now he's only dealing with two receivers instead of the four. Um, so there are a lot of things, but like you said, it is a different animal per se. Yeah, you're gonna be a nickel and dime almost the whole game. Yeah, but it doesn't. It it really doesn't matter. Again, I wouldn't be afraid of four wide receivers. Oh, I'm not afraid. It's you to just adjust your personnel. On the you, field yeah, I mean, you adjust your personnel to it. But, again, they're going to try to scheme those guys open. You're not talking, like I said, they're not four all-pros out there. <laughs> uh, rarely does any team put four um, all-pro. They're lucky to have two to three, including a tight end. So um, it will be interesting. But I think from a – Defensive standpoint, as it relates to Murray, you've got to be as aggressive as possible. Um, look, if he's their if he's their number one rusher, okay, he's not their number one passer. You know what I mean? So uh, you can't have him being both, though. He can't be the number one rusher and the passer. Then you're being dominated by the quarterback. Yeah, and their offensive line struggles too. So you can get to him. One last thing before we say goodbye, mm-hmm. I'll be remiss if I didn't ask you about the pump block. Uh, we watched that a couple times too. Is that just a matter of the player getting Nate Stupar getting pushed too far back by Brandon Bolden? Was there a scheme thing there? What you say? Situational football. Um, knowing that you're in a big game, knowing that um, special teams are, especially with the weather, the way it was, and the wind was a factor in that right. game for both quarterbacks. Right. By the way, and so you've got to know that special teams has to do its job. Um, so that you can keep flipping field position while you have either the wind at your back or some other element um, that benefits your team. And, you know, he lined up there and just did it as if it were routine, and you just can't take anything as a routine task when you're playing the New England Patriots. And, you know, because Patriots go to work on every phase. And so I don't know if it was something they saw the week before, but sure enough, they pushed him right back into the punter, and he blocks the punt himself. I've never seen that before. I've seen a punter kick um, a teammate getting pushed back into him, but this one was it was definitely weird. Carl, good stuff. Thank you, man. That's Carl Banks, Episode 2 of Giants Rewind Feature and Carl Banks. Thanks if you're listening on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app. We're also on all your favorite podcast feeds. Subscribe. Make us part of your feed. Leave a positive review. For Carl Banks, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next week. Have a good one, everybody.